Cynthia Rothrock, and I was one of the leads in the Hong Kong picture, Writing Wrongs with Yun Vu. We shot Writing Wrongs, I think it was around 1986, and it went on, uh, we did that for about five and a half months shoot. How I did Writing Wrongs is I was doing uh, Yes, Madam uh, with Michelle Yeoh, and that movie became a big box office success, and right away, Golden Harvest offered me a three-picture deal. And I also got offers from D&B Company, from Cinema City, but I grew up with Golden Harvest, you know, seeing the movies in uh, Chinatown in New York, so uh, I wanted to be with Golden Harvest. And I was supposed to do my first movie with Jackie Chan, and uh, he got hurt, so they put me with Yoon View in Writing Wrongs, and uh, I love the movie. The movie came out fantastic, and I just have to say that uh, Yoon View, out of all the people I have ever fought in any of my movies, we synced. We had the same kind of coordination, the same kind of fluidity, and it was the easiest fights I've ever done because we were pretty matched as far as uh, movement goes and skill. The funny thing is, is when the movies uh, were sold to different territories like the Philippines or Germany, they changed the names. They changed the names and uh, so a lot of people will say, oh, you were in Fight to Win 2, which was one of the names that they did for Writing uh, Wrongs. And I'd go, oh, I don't know that one. So sometimes I just didn't even know like the names that they changed. And it's funny, like even the posters were different. I remember uh, doing uh, one Hong Kong movie and they actually took my head and put it on a bodybuilder's body and had a big gigantic arm it was bigger than my waist and I was like do they really think this looks good so it's funny like different territories have different ideas about how they want to promote films <laughs> It was interesting with the Hong Kong films. Uh, they would uh, finish the film and then they would have what was called a midnight showing. And this way would determine whether the, the movie was gonna be a hit because either the people were gonna cheer or they might throw things at the screen. So I always attended uh, the midnight showing. I was always nervous because I didn't know how the people were gonna react. <laughs> They kind of had, it wasn't like a red carpet, but it was something like that where all the stars would, would come in at one time and people would be calling you and there would be uh, tons and tons of uh, press there. Um, it was almost kind of like the Oscars where everybody's like calling you, hey, Cindy, Cindy, look here, look here, look here. And then afterwards they would do it. And it's funny because after you would do this promotion, uh, it was very common for a lot of the uh, Hong Kong actors to sing. So they wanted me to sing, and I was like, sing, I don't sing, I don't know what to do. And I'm on stage, and they're like, well, sing Happy Birthday. And I was with Vincent Lin, uh, another actor in one of the films. So we started singing Happy Birthday, and we got to, Happy Birthday, dear. And we went, mmm. <laughs> so it was funny. Then they loved it. They loved it. <laughs> With my characters, especially in the Hong Kong films, uh, I kind of related to them like as myself because it was more like here's this person that is uh, doing good, you know, she's fighting the bad guys, you know. So I kind of, I think with all of them, I felt, 
uh, whatever, like symbiotic to the character. Uh, there wasn't too much of far outreach as some of the movies I did later on. So it was mostly when I was doing the Hong Kong films, it was more always about the fighting. Because, you know, you think about it, these movies were all over the world and people really didn't understand the dialogue so much, but what they did understand was the action. We knew that the films were gonna be good, especially the fighting, because uh, even today, I've worked with the best of the best choreographers, stuntmen over there. The first time we would actually get to see anything is uh, when we would see the midnight showing. So we were always like, oh my God, that looks fantastic, because it always looked better than you imagined it would be, and especially in writing wrongs. When I did writing wrongs, I blew out my knee, my anterior crucial ligament, right before that film. So I had to do everything on my left side. And you know, as a martial artist, people have a better side that they tend to do all their better techniques on. So I had to reverse everything to my left side. And I was thinking, oh, this is gonna look like crap. But I was pleasantly surprised going, wow, you know, you can't even tell that I was on my less dominant leg. And that whole film was done with uh, severe knee injury. Oh, I was in a lot of pain, yes. <laughs> um, I took a lot of Advil, but I think, uh, you know, as a martial artist uh, doing that, like all my life, you know, we're used to pain. Like there's a funny expression that we say, pain is my friend. <laughs> the very interesting thing is, Yun Kuei did this film and he wanted to do something different. He wanted it where the leads get killed. You know, so in the original ending, I get killed very uh, drastically with like a, a like some kind of tool through my neck, and Yun Bu gets killed. He falls out of an airplane, goes into the water, and dies. Right? Well, they show this in Taiwan. This is the first time they're showing it, and the Taiwanese people hated it. You know, on the midnight showing, they were they did not want their heroes to die. <laughs> I personally have never seen anyone throw anything at a screen, but I do know that they made such a commotion that that, that Golden Harvest hurry up said, we gotta change the ending, we have to change the ending. So I got a call from Yoon Kwe saying, you come back, we have to shoot another ending where you don't die. Then they played it and everybody loved it and clapped, right? Uh, I liked the first one because it was dark, you know, and it wasn't usual in that time, you know, that the, both leads would get killed. But now there's uh, two different versions out there. So you either see the one where we live or the one where we die. When I met Yun Biu, I knew he was a phenomenal martial artist. Uh, he didn't speak too much English, so we kind of just smiled at each other. But, you know, it's interesting when you're working with someone and we've worked, like, like I said, five and a half months together, you know, you kind of develop a language that's like a sign language that you know what the other person is thinking and doing. And, uh, you know, he is one of the most phenomenal martial artists I have ever seen. I mean, there's stunts in there that he did. Um, you know, there was one where he does a flip and he lands on a rocking chair and he missed a couple times and like slid off the chair. And I just remember being so impressed with him and it made me work so much harder. And even though I had an injury, you know, I didn't think about it because I'm looking at him doing this fantastic action that, you know, I had to, I had to be up to his level. So uh, it was awesome to work with him. And I always wished that, you know, we could do a sequel to this, of course, where the part where we live, or it could be like a ghost story 
story where we die and come back. But uh, he's like probably one of my favorite, favorite uh, martial artists to work with. You would think five and a half months would be long to shoot a movie, because especially here in America, we're doing them like in six to eight weeks, or even shorter. I shot one in three days, which is crazy. But I just came off of Yes Madam, which was eight and a half months to shoot. So five and a half months wasn't that bad. And uh, pretty much you're shooting every day. Uh, they don't have a script for you to read. So sometimes you get to the set and you're waiting like six hours for them to figure out what's gonna do, what they're gonna do, what the, you're, you did all the choreography on set. So it wasn't like a rush, like when you're doing American films, like, ooh, we, heard, we have like 20 minutes to do this fight scene. It's, however long it took, that's how long you know you were gonna do it. So, and all the actors, it's funny because in Hong Kong, the actors can do other movies at the same time. So it'd be, oh, well, we're not gonna shoot today because uh, View is working on this. And I remember when I was doing Writing Wrongs, I actually took a couple weeks off to shoot Magic Crystal. Yoon Kuei, I love working with Yoon Kuei. I've worked with him before, and Mr. Wong was so good. I mean, everybody was so good. Ma was so funny, Mr. Chow was funny, you know. I had a really great time on that film, and you have to remember, here's this girl, it was like my second film, that is with a group of people that not too many speak English. But, uh, you know, we all got along good. We all worked super, super hard. You know, no egos on that set, a lot of bruises, a lot of pain, but everybody had a smile on their face and, you know, just wanted to put their best work into it. So, I mean, I loved the uh, cast in uh, Writing Wrongs. <laughs> I knew Karen from competition. Corey Yoon comes up to me and says, I want to find a girl that does the steel whips. Good. And I have three people in mind, and one, I knew all three, and one was Karen Shepard. And even though I wasn't friends with Karen Shepard, right, and we kind of had this little competition thing going on, I still knew she was best for the part. So I said, get Karen. I said, cause she's the best. And it worked out well. You know, we became friends after that and kind of, uh, laughed about, you know, the, the, the competition days and stuff, and we've worked again on Hercules. When I met Corey for the first time, I was nervous, you know, because he was this big guy and he didn't speak English, right? But for some reason, you know, we clicked on a spiritual level. Like, you know, you know when you first meet someone that you really like that person and they're a good person and he smiled a lot. And I know he was very mean to a lot of other people. He was a really tough director, but he always had a smile on his face. And one of the things I'll never ever forget is I was doing my first uh, scene on uh, with Corey and the guy was attacking me from behind and he, did, he had a t-shirt on and and Corey's going, harder, Cindy, harder. <laughs> he learned the word harder. And the guy in my ear is going, no, no, please, not that hard, not that hard. And I was like, oh, who do I listen to? And I was just like, sorry, I have to do it because Corey Yoon is saying that. But, uh, you know, he really knows how to pull the best out of you. And he takes you to limits of fights that you never even thought you would be able to do. I mean, I think... I could have died so many times on some of the stunts that he did, but he had the trust and the faith that I could do it. And then I went on his lead, yes, I can do it. And we did these incredible stunts. Well, I shot, you know, Yes, Madam with Corey Yoon and Writing Wrongs. And then we did uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. 
and he came in on the ending of the Blonde Fury, so I, I, I worked a lot with him. But I think some of the things, like the scene where I'm in a basket and I'm fighting with the stick, well, that basket was up really high. There was a big hole in it. So I had to have my feet on the outsides of it, and they had a little little uh, thing that tethered me in. And I was like, well, can we get a basket with a bottom on? And they're like, no, we don't have that. And then they had stuntmen holding it up. So if they let go, I would have fell because we were up a couple stories on that. So that was like really dangerous right there. Um, I remember uh, the fight scene, um, uh, like with Blonde Fury, I had to fight the Thai boxer, you know, and he kept kicking my shins and oh, it was just, it was just so hard. I mean, and, and um, I'm trying to get all my, my movies straight. When we did, uh, we did this scene where I had to jump off a building and Corey Yoon was down here and he goes, okay, look up there. Can you jump off that? And I looked up and my perspective was much lower looking from low to high. I said, yeah, I can do that. Then I get to the top. And then Corey Yoon has, has someone telling me, well, now there's an explosion going off at the back time. So when you jump, uh, if you don't jump on action, you're going to get burned. And now I'm up on the top and it's a different perspective. You know, now I'm like five feet three higher looking down and my heart is racing like this. And um, he said, just jump into the mattresses and boxes. Right? And he said, action, I felt that heat, boom, and I jumped. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many. And one other thing I remember about Corey is we were shooting a movie and I got hit in the nose with a uh, chain from behind. And you know, it felt like someone just socked me right in the nose. So my nose swole up, my eyes, tears were coming out. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that person that cries. But I couldn't help it because t I got hit in the nose. And my nose is all swollen. And Corey Yoon comes over and he taps me and he goes, your nose looks better now. <laughs> you know, there was always someone that spoke English, so we would kind of relate to that. But like I said before, we kind of got this idea. I knew what he wanted, and I know we were shooting this scene in Writing Wrongs, and I was uh, outside the police car, and I was talking, I think I was talking to Yoon Bu, and, and Corey was going, closer, so I go closer closer. And now I'm like almost nose to nose of the person. He actually meant further, right? So, okay, we had a little uh, misunderstanding on that one. There was no script. We basically sometimes just went in and shot, like there's a scene uh, in Writing Wrongs where Corey Yoon said, okay, uh, just take your badge and put it on the desk. W okay, why? Uh, just do it. So I did it. Then when I was watching the midnight show, he was like, I got fired. And I was going in and putting my badge. I was like, oh, maybe you should have told me that. My mind frame might have been a little bit different. But sometimes we had no idea what was going on. I never knew what they were saying. Uh, they just kind of said, this is what, you know, you're going to say. And I would kind of make up my own dialogue to fit the syllables. So it was interesting when I read the subtitles. And it's funny because sometimes the subtitles are fun very funny. <laughs> they don't make sense. <laughs> All the fight scenes were dangerous. Uh, there was a scene, you know, a fight scene that you, you and I did out on the balcony and he jumps off the balcony. And what they did is they took the grass and put a little pad, I'm talking about like maybe this much under the grass. So you view jumps from like what, two stories down 
and lands and you could actually see the pad moving a little bit if you look but he hurt his back on that he jolted it like coming down there's always like a lot of bruises a lot of injuries in probably every hong kong movie i did and you just got to be tough you got to be i think doing a hong kong movie is one of the toughest jobs you could ever do had his own stunt team like Sam O'Hong had his own Jackie had his own and each team is phenomenal I mean uh, they're just brilliant and they would come up with moves and uh, Corey Yoon would come up with moves and I know uh, sometimes like Corey would say uh, is there anything you want to do like in Writing Wrongs where he flips me in the aerial and I come in with the choke on his head. I love that move. I saw it before and I wanted to do it. I didn't know if I could do it because remember I'm doing it the opposite side, but that was one of the moves that I thought might not look so good, but came out like brilliant. I still, uh, when I see that, I like get so excited. <laughs> Writing Wrong is definitely uh, on the, the top three of uh, films I've done and especially I would say for action and also the story was pretty good because sometimes some of the Hong Kong stories don't make much sense it's all about the fighting but this one had had a good story to it what they do is first of all they'll look at the location and they'll say how could we do stunts and how could we do wire work and what could we do and then Corey Yoon will get together with the uh the his team and tell them what he wants and then they'll put together movements and then he might change it and then the actors come in and they they might change it but it's all a collaboration of uh director action choreographer and his team and the actors <laughs> I didn't audition. Actually, I've been really lucky in my career. I really haven't had to do auditions. Most of the time, people would come to me. And uh, I guess the first audition when I was doing Yes, Madam, which was my first Hong Kong movie, you know, it wasn't really an audition. I had to do a bunch of like uh, moves, like weapons, fight scene, uh, self-defense, form. And uh, Corey Yoon says, I want the girl. So I guess that was somewhat like an audition. And then after that, my movie became so successful that I was blessed that people would just say we want her in a movie and I I really even to this day have in my whole life only done like like three auditions uh, the most challenging thing was definitely the fight scenes like I could say for every movie the fight scenes are uh, are extremely dangerous and they're real and you can you can get hurt you know um, if you look at that uh, even though this movie was done so long ago the fight scenes still hold up today and it's very hard to see scenes like this even today that are better you know it's just when you have good action uh good action uh stars really doing their own fighting you know not with with doubles it, it's it's timeless i think my favorite memory is that we fought so hard and i came out not hurt bad <laughs> Writing Rounds was a big hit uh, worldwide, everywhere except the United States, you know, which, which is funny. And now, you know, you can watch, you know, um, you know, these movies, which I'm so glad so many years later. So now the generations of today who knew nothing about those films back then can see them. I think they really didn't give it a shot because it wasn't that marked, you know, it wasn't in English, it was subtitled, it wasn't like filming today where they're looking at international films. I think their main market was Asia and then it was just big all over Europe and uh, other uh, 
you know, countries, it, you know, it, it's strange everywhere except North America. I did Writing Wrongs and then uh, Golden Harvest for my other two films did China O'Brien 1 and 2. So that was my uh, three picture deal with Golden Harvest. At that time, my films were so popular, like say in Germany, like they would get like almost like a million dollars just for that territory back at that time. So then US companies were starting to say, hey, who is this girl and who's making, all, this movie's making all this money. I mean, I'm telling you, they made a lot of money. Uh, and then I started getting offers, you know, from American companies and it was all because of the film markets of them different producers seeing how much money these films were making worldwide. It was interesting, while I was shooting China O'Brien, I got a call from Sylvester Stallone and uh, they wanted me to shoot a movie called The Executioner. And at that time, uh, I was like, oh my God, I was so nervous. And William Freakin was directing it and they called me to LA, Joel Silver was gonna produce it and uh, signed a contract. And at that time it was a pay or play, we were gonna do it. I went back to uh, uh, finish China O'Brien too. And what happened is, is Stallone said, you have to go with Lou Pitt, with ICM and you know, you can't do any more Hong Kong movies. And Golden Harvest come up and they wanted me to do China O'Brien three and four for a lot of money, which I wanted to do, but they were like, no, you can't do those movies anymore. And I think that was probably one of the mistakes in my career I had because the executioner never went and I turned down, you know, Golden Harvest to do, you know, pro a project that I really would have loved to do. Doing it in Hong Kong, I was able to make mistakes acting-wise because it was all shot with no sound. So now I come to America and now it's a different story. And I, I started studying with Second City uh, because it taught me to listen to the other actor while I was acting. Because in Hong Kong, I couldn't, I w couldn't listen because I didn't know what they were saying and be like, oh, they just stopped talking. Oh, so now I start talking. So now I'm doing American films and I'm like, oh, you know, instead of thinking of my line, I have to listen to what they're saying. So I went with Sick and City. And when I was shooting a movie called Sworn to Justice, uh, I also started studying really intensively with uh, Ivana Chovic. So, uh, that's when I started taking the acting more serious, saying, okay, I got the action part down, now I have to get the acting part better. <laughs> when I first saw Writing Wrongs, so it was at the midnight showing, and that was uh, as soon as the movie was done. They bring it out on Saturday night, and I, I was uh, flabbergasted, you know? I am a person that I don't like to watch myself on film. You know, I get too critical, uh, but, I was like, my eyes were open and almost like, I was almost like, I'm not watching me. I'm like, oh, who is that? Who is that? You know, and even today I get really excited about watching those fight scenes because like I said, they're brilliant. And, uh, you know, to do those kind of movies, you have to be a really good martial artist. You can't be someone that just learned for a year and go out there and, and try to do those, those uh, techniques. I saw Writing Wrongs actually uh, not that long ago. Um, because when I'm gonna do these interviews, right, I kind of look at them a little bit more. And uh, uh, I just saw Sworn to Justice with some of my friends as well. So it's kind of good to go back. And, and it's funny because when I see them, there's parts I remember, especially the fight scenes, but other parts I don't. And when I'm looking at it going, I don't even remember shooting that scene. <laughs> Uh, 
I'm very proud of Writing Wrongs and I'm glad that it's, it's coming out again uh, because I think uh, the more people that see it can appreciate that action. And, you know, some people go, oh yeah, the Hong Kong action, like you're fighting for 10 minutes or whatever. And yeah, no, it's not that realistic, but I'll tell you, it's down and dirty and brutal. And each one of those techniques can hit and hurt. There's nothing that's uh, flaky or funny about it. It's all real. That's one of the things I really like is when they're showing these movies or even if they're screening, like I've done a few screenings, like people will get the, the film and say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna screen it. And just to see people's reactions, to see this movie that was shot like so long ago, like in the 80s, you know, uh, like appreciate it and appreciate the action. I love the movies I did in Hong Kong. I think they're like, today my best fight scenes ever. I wanna do another movie, um, you know, another Hong Kong movie for all that. But I thank, you know, uh, the Vinegar Productions uh, for getting this and uh, making it available to people that haven't seen it. Because to me, they're classic. I'd love to do a Writing Wrongs part two, and I hear that Yoon View is doing movies again, so <laughs> let's do part two.